Hi, I'm Jan. And I'm Lynn. Welcome to the second season of Lamplighters Podcasts. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. No matter who you are or where you are, no matter the time or experiences you've had following Jesus, or if you haven't had any at all, we are grateful to be on the journey with you, and we look forward to becoming more of who God created us to be. Today, we are very excited to have our friend Laura Tuma back with us, and she is concluding our study of the uh, Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. So next week, we're going to move on to the New Testament. So this will be our last week fully in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And we are going to explore a topic that is maybe peripherally familiar to some of us, but not necessarily specifically familiar, except maybe a few biblical texts here and there. So now that I have confused everyone, Laura, what are you, do you have to share with us today? Well, Jan, it's my job to confuse everyone, so <laughs> you, you got well ahead of me. Um, the first thing I have to say as I enter this with a great deal of humility, mm. because the study of the prophets is a deep theological study, and that's not really what I'm going to try to provide today. <laughs> Good. <laughs> because we are looking at the fingerprints of the Holy Spirit throughout history, and looking at the prophets affirms that God's Spirit has been present and active throughout history. Prophets is one of the examples of the ways that God sends His Spirit to us. And it is such a reminder that as we look back at the Old Testament, we get a glimpse of God's creativity and His compassion at the ways He shares His Spirit in many different kinds of people, in many different circumstances, but always for the purpose of breathing life into His people. Mm. And as just a very brief recap, the Holy Spirit, as we talk about every single week, is always pointing back to God. The Holy Spirit is part of God, but the Holy Spirit is always pointing to God. And we see that so clearly when we look at prophets and at the prophecies that they bring. So I want to start off, as is usually a good idea, with a few definitions. Thank you for doing that. You know me. I always like a good definition. (laughs) We get off track so easily (laughs) if we don't define our terms, and sometimes even if we do define our terms. I'm going to have to get into that habit. (laughs) So prophet is actually a person who speaks God's truth to others. In, In the Old Testament, a prophet is one who speaks God's truth to others, a person who teaches and reveals the nature of God. Now, a prophet was actually a formal office of the church. So this was an official, as well as maybe what we would think of as a more informal kind of role. We often think of prophecy as um, specifically meaning to foretell the future Mm -hmm. so that we can foresee what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I hope I don't have to, I hope this doesn't come as a big surprise to you, but only God actually sees the future. (laughs) So telling the future is not an essential element of prophecy. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. When a prophet talks about what is going to happen, that is what he has received or what she has received from God. Yeah. It's not what one receives from one's own wisdom. So any authoritative word about the future must be from God. Mm-hmm. It's not from a human. Otherwise, it's an educated guess, not a prophecy. So just a little bit of interesting trivia, because who doesn't like a little interesting trivia? There are more than 130 named prophets in the Bible, 
including I had no idea. I had no idea. That's a huge number, isn't it? it? Is. Including 16 women. And I'm not going to talk about them. So that gives everybody <laughs> a little chance Something to go to on do. a scavenger yeah, hunt through exactly. the Bible to find them. But the first prophets were Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, and Moses. But then we get into the New Testament. John the Baptist, Jesus, and others in the New Testament are also identified as prophets. So there is a lot of rich material there Mm -hmm. when we look at prophets. So let me ask you before we go on, what images come to your mind when you think of Old Testament prophets? (laughs) Well, I will say, now that you've defined it a little bit better, I'm not sure how accurate mine is because my idea of an Old Testament prophet is more someone who is out preaching doom and gloom and sort of talking about the wrath of God that's going to come upon them unless there are changes made, which I, there's truth to that. But, you know, there are also a lot of prophets that didn't do that, I'm guessing, just by the list that you just gave us. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm— Kind of the same as Lynn. I I tend to think of an Old Testament prophet as somebody with a long beard and really fiery eyes and this kind of a scruffy appearance who's very uh, has a passionate and thundering voice and a message full of judgment and condemnation. Kind of like John the Baptist. I sort of think of him. Um, definitely not warm and fuzzy. N- not not the person you want for your next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. No, not the person whose company you seek out. Right, right. Exactly. exactly. The person you might try to avoid or not not retext them very quickly <laughs> right. once you hear from them. Yes, I, I think that is very uh, a very common perception, and probably there's actually some truth to that yeah. because one thing that I'll get into in a little in a minute is that. Prophets typically preach uncomfortable words. They Mm -hmm. teach us uncomfortable words. So there is a a great degree of discomfort in being around a prophet, Mm. or there could be a great degree of of discomfort. One of the things that I'd like to, to kind of draw out is that there are some common traits of prophets, regardless of where we encounter them. One is that a prophet is called to speak God's truth Mm. in a specific time and place. So that means there are some universal messages that are relevant for all of us across all times. And as we read these books of the Old Testament, we can see the universal truths. We see that even though things were specific things were going on, there's still nuggets of that for us that we can learn from. But God was speaking into a very specific moment, and He called specific individuals to be prophets and speak to His people in that moment. So, for example, Samuel, who is sort of the first of this group of prophets that we're, we're studying about this week, Samuel lived during this transition time between the judges and the kings. He's that pivot point mm-hmm. in Israel's history. And as you probably recall, the Israelites felt like if they could only get kings on their side, mm-hmm. that things were going to be a lot better for them. And God appoints Samuel as the prophet to guide through that time, and even to anoint their first king, Saul. So we see Samuel as a very important kind of beginning prophet, but there were some specific circumstances going on there. Mm. We come up to Isaiah, who was more than 250 years later during the time of the kings, and you don't have to be a great scholar of the Old Testament to know that that was not working out like the Israelites (laughs) had hoped. Those kings were not the the answer Mm -hmm. for the Israelites. And so Isaiah is called to talk to the people in that era where the kings were not 
um, serving them as they had hoped. We bump forward a couple of more hundred years, and we come to Ezekiel, who was born into a priestly family in Jerusalem shortly before the exile. Mm. At about the age of 30, he is taken away as a captive and lives the rest of his life in captivity in Babylon. So he is speaking at the beginning of the exile. So we see those major prophets speaking in three very different times Mm -hmm. into those very specific circumstances where the people, God's people, who they were speaking to were in some distress. They needed change and they needed a voice to to talk to them. So God God speaks to these people and calls them to be prophets. Mm. And what that normally means, a second trait of prophets, is that the prophet's job is to call the people to repentance, to justice, and to faithfulness in God. Mm -hmm. So I think, Jan, that explains a little bit why they're uncomfortable. Why they're uncomfortable (laughs) and why they're a little bit wild-eyed because they know and they see God has called them, shared truths with them, and then instructed them to go forth and share that. Mm -hmm. And what God is is basically saying through these prophets is there's a problem. Mm-hmm. We don't call prophets. God doesn't call prophets into a time when there is smooth sailing and everybody's doing great. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So the they're jun- not here to tell us everything we're doing right. Yeah, we yeah. are not getting a participation <laughs> yes, badge okay. <laughs> from the prophets. <laughs> right? No, that that is correct. God has put on their hearts that there is a problem that people have strayed and what the consequences are going to be. So there could be an element of doom and gloom to that Mm -hmm. because there are consequences from straying from God. So God told Ezekiel, just a quick example here, God told Ezekiel, do not be afraid of what the Israelites say or be terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, Mm. for they are rebellious. So imagine if that's your job description. Go out and speak to these rebellious people. Don't be afraid or terrified. Yeah. Persist. Yeah, and and don't worry if they don't respond to you. That's the response is God's job, not yeah, that's not the, yours as the prophet. That's the comfort in that, yes, right? Exactly. That is absolutely right. And God is telling is using prophets to intercede on his behalf. So he wants to spare people from the consequences. God is not eager to punish. He is not eager for his people to suffer these consequences. And he is giving the people an opportunity to recalculate Mm -hmm. their path, Mm -hmm. to walk differently, to do differently. Um, And then we, as the people, are making a decision based on what we hear. So one thing I think can, can get a little bit lost here is that prophets speak typically to the people rather than to an individual. So there's a real communal aspect to prophecy here Mm -hmm. in most cases. Samuel prophesied specifically to Saul. Mm -hmm. So there are also examples of where God uses a prophet to speak to an individual. But in general, prophets speak to us as God's people. So Mm -hmm. there is an element of community. Another point I wanted to make is that Prophets point toward the ultimate glory of God. Mm -hmm. Mm. Prophets aren't pointing to themselves. The Holy Spirit that has has shared God's word with them is always pointing them back to God. And if they are faithful, they are pointing the people 
back to God. And that is one way of being able to distinguish a true prophet is that they are pointing to God. Mm -hmm. Because there have been false prophets throughout history. Mm -hmm. In the Old Testament, we don't have books devoted to the false prophets, but we see the names of false prophets crop up in these books. Mm -hmm. So for every true prophet who we have a book from, where we see the, the journey that they're on, we often see that they are bedeviled by false prophets. Yeah. Yeah. So just a, a couple of examples of how prophets always point us back to what God is doing. And Isaiah tells people after delivering some pretty harsh words, he's talking about how God is going to ultimately respond. And God is going to pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. God says, I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. So God is miffed at what is going on, but God is not withdrawing his love. Yeah. And the prophet is, div- is providing that message of how God is miffed, what is going to happen, and what God is going to do. And what God is going to do is merciful and graceful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's comforting and hopeful um, at the same time when the prophet does that. Yes. Absolutely. So it's the full message of God, not just the judgment part, but it is the grace part as well. Absolutely, because if you're not preaching that full message, not teaching that full message, you are really not a prophet from God. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. fullness of that message. We want sometimes to to jump right to that message of grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Well, because yes. some, yes. Yes. very often. Uncomfortable, right. Right? Exactly. You don't want to say the uncomfortable part. Yeah. The life of a prophet was not a comfortable life. (laughs) And often, in fact, they were despised and unheeded because, as previously mentioned, the people are rebellious. The people were rebellious then. And I have to say, I think the people are rebellious today. We would rather not be faced with these hard truths. Exactly. Okay, so if, if, if the people are rebellious, the job description of a prophet is pretty well known to be not a very comfortable one. How did they know they were actually called to be a prophet? That's a really interesting question because we've talked a lot in the study so far about the way the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Mm -hmm. How do we know if it's the Holy Spirit? And when we look at these true prophets, there are are a couple of ways that, that typically the Bible tells us that God's Spirit comes to them. One, which I think we would probably all pick if we had the chance to pick, is the actual spoken word. Mm. Samuel is an excellent example of this. You probably remember the story of Samuel still as a boy, lying in bed at night and hearing the voice Mm -hmm. of God, and he mistakes it for the voice of Eli, his mentor. But God actually speaks to him, Mm -hmm. and he knows clearly and directly what he is to do. And God does actually speak to prophets. And it appears, as you look at these books, that he does so in a fairly clear way. They know without a doubt that it is the voice of God that is coming to them and what they are to do. So there's a clarity to the source and a clarity to the instruction. Mm -hmm. Now, who wouldn't like to feel that they had heard the voice of God? Well, I don't know. That voice is also authoritative. And so really the only answer answer you can have to it is yes, sir. Indeed. and obedience to what he has called you to do. Which is probably why prophets persisted 
even though their lot was a difficult one, mm-hmm. because they were not given the glamour assignment. Yeah. They were given a difficult assignment. So you can imagine how powerful that voice of God would mm. be. The other way that the Spirit of God typically comes to prophets is through dreams and visions. Mm. And dreams you might think of as, as we do today, dreams when you're asleep, visions that you have while you are actually sleeping, as opposed to visions or maybe even trances where you would be awake, alert, and yet having an experience of something different happening. The difficulty with that is that there's room for a lot of interpretation. Mm. So how you experience that and what you do with that might be different. But God's Spirit has typically come to prophets, both in this concrete way of speaking to them and in this more creative, emotional, and expansive language of dreams and visions. Mm -hmm. And we know Um, I know frequently how much more information you get from looking at something, from seeing something, from being in that experience than you do from a word. Right. So God's toolbox is unlimited. And I think the upshot of that is that he uses what works to accomplish his purpose. Mm. So I'm really curious, have you ever felt, have you ever received a word from God in those ways or felt that you were called to prophecy in any way? Well, I will say I have heard the word of God, but I do not think I heard it prophetically. I heard it as something that I was supposed to do personally in my life. It wasn't about going out and, and telling anyone. So I, I think as far as the going out and telling, I have, I was called to teach which I don't think is the same thing because I'm, you know, in the word learning and it wasn't a message that was delivered directly to me. So I would say I would be a teacher, not a prophet. But I've never thought about it before. (laughs) I think you might know if God had called you. I think so too, yes. So no, I'm not a prophet. I'll just say it with great confidence. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, um, I've been called to both. Of those. And, you know, back when we used to take uh, spiritual gifts tests, I took it several times. I cheated several times because I didn't want what my spiritual gifts were being revealed to me. I had three primary ones. They've never changed over the years, although one has been an ascendant over another at various and sundry times. But the top two were teaching and prophecy, also translated preaching. So teaching, I loved that because I love words. I love images. I love exploring. I could live in an ivory tower the rest of my life. Uh, I enjoy communicating those things. That, that part of it was just wonderful. I didn't want prophecy. I mean, I like really didn't want prophecy. And I had to learn the difference. So for me, teaching has to do with discipleship. It's... Um, helping people understand what God is saying to us in His Word, helping them to see how their own story folds into God's big story, um, helping people to understand the principles and the truth that's in Scripture and then live into those so that we truly become followers of Christ. Um, teaching can happen in an instant when you have the aha moment uh, that, that lasts, but I think of it more in terms of, as uh, Eugene Peterson said, along obedience in the same direction. Mm-hmm. This is that we sit under teaching for a long time because we're always learning mm-hmm. and we're always growing. Um, 
And that happens, that goes on all of our lives. Prophecy, on the other hand, uh, for me, is much more direct. And it's the ability to speak God's truth directly and powerfully um, into a situation or with a person or people that that they don't necessarily ever want to hear, okay? And I, I totally get that. But prophecy is more of a warning role that it sort of heads up, you're fixing to go over the cliff kind of thing. Um, there are people who will speak the unvarnished truth to you, and blessed are you as a person if you have one as a friend, but you don't want to have all your friends be prophets <laughs> because that is a miserable way to live. Yeah. So, yeah, I yes, I've had to serve in both of those functions. Well, and, and Jan, I am grateful that you have accepted that role as a prophet as well. I think many lives have been, many cliffs have been avoided mm-hmm. as well, a result of that, and many that you may not be aware of. So that is the, the role of the prophet is not necessarily to know the result. Mm-hmm. It is to share the message. Yeah, I pray that is true. I I really like the fact that you shared that you retook your spiritual gifts <laughs> survey because you didn't like the, the way it turned out. I did the same thing, <laughs> and it continued to to show one gift rose above all the others, and that is the gift of administration, <laughs> the gift that gets left for last yeah. on, <laughs> on the table. The very non-sexy one. The yeah. very non-sexy <laughs> gift of administration. And I finally did have to acknowledge that that was mm-hmm. the um, the truth of the matter and mm-hmm. embrace what that is. Because there's a purpose for every right. gift. Though I would love to have the gift of music or hospitality mm-hmm. or many of the others that just sound more fun, mm-hmm. we need administrators too. So, <laughs> so I take that one. But I have a great respect for those who do serve as prophets. Mm-hmm. And I believe that those of us who are not called as prophets, are nonetheless called to discern Mm -hmm. true from false prophets. Because Mm -hmm. God can speak prophecy into individuals today, just as He did in the Old Testament. That that opportunity has not dried up for God. So there are prophets today. Um, Self-proclaimed prophets are all around us. Yes, they are. Not only in the church, but Mm -hmm. in every line of business that you can think of, people who are typically forecasting the future and Mm -hmm. telling you what you need to do to to best prepare yourself for it. Mm -hmm. But there are plenty of prophets in the church as well. Mm. Plenty of people who claim to be or believe themselves to be prophets. And in some cases, prophecy and preaching, as, as Jan mentioned, I think are very closely intertwined. But we always have to look carefully, I think, at what is a true prophet? What is a false prophet? Mm-hmm. How do we tell? Yeah, that's my question, because whenever I have that warning, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm on high alert, but what am I on high alert for? What exactly am I looking for that's going to determine whether someone is a a true prophet or a false prophet? I think there are a few tests that we can all apply, questions we can ask ourselves. The first test is to, this is a very basic one, but it's to follow the money. Is there a P-R-O-F-I-T motive Mm -hmm. in what the person is doing? Yes. Or is the prophecy from God? Mm. And there have been people throughout time who have, found a way to enrich themselves by taking on the mantle of a prophet. 
I think that's not the Holy Spirit working in them. <laughs> Probably not. And that would not be considered a true prophet. Yeah. But there are some other things. I mean, that, that, that's a huge red flag and one that's not always immediately apparent. Right. Mm-hmm. So it does take some digging and some discernment. But there are some others to look at as well. First is, does the prophet conform to what you already think? Are you comfortable listening to what that person says? Mm. If so, that person may, may be a teacher, but likely is not a prophet. Mm-hmm. Because if there are not some uncomfortable truths that are sinking into you, that is probably not God's truth. Yeah. Another one is, does the, does the prophet consistently point to God? Mm. Is the prophet building up themselves, their organization, their institution, or is the point, is the, is the prophet pointing constantly to God? And do their words line up with the totality of Scripture, not just the cherry-picked parts that we'd mm-hmm. all like to snuggle up with right. at night? I think there's one that, especially in this moment when there's a lot of polarization in society, that we really need to keep in our minds as well, is does the prophet display righteous anger at injustice or hate for enemies? There is a significant difference between anger and hate. Anger can motivate us to positive acts and to repentance. Hate drives us away from all that is good, drives us away from the light and into the dark. And that's not what a prophet is ever intending to do. Yeah. A prophet is always bringing us into, into God's light. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for pointing out that difference. That's, that's yeah. important. Well, I have a couple more that I could add to that, just you know, from experience in my life. And I think the first one for me is, what's the heart? Is it truly humble? And you can tell, you know, you can tell if there's pride involved or if this person is really humble, and that to me is always a good indicator of a true prophet, is that they are humble, mm-hmm. and they themselves may struggle with their message. Um, and the, the second one is, is the message of the prophet consistent with what I know to be of God's character? Mm-hmm. And I think in that sense, Laura, you referred to it earlier, is that the message has to be balanced. Yeah. If it's all judgment and there's no grace— then it's not really from God. If there's all grace and no judgment, then it also is not indicating the truth of God's word to us. So balance in the message. And, um, and the, the confirmation of brothers and sisters in Christ, I think we have to be careful there because we can all be convinced to go off a cliff together. But it is a message for God's people uh, many, many, many times. And so it comes to us as a community and we discern as a community, and I think it's really important for us to keep that community around us and informed and looking and having that discernment process together. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess the last one that I would say is, can the fruit of the Spirit be discerned in the person, in the message, in the ministry? If you're not seeing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness— faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Did I get them you all? You got them. You got them. If you're not seeing those, it's probably not a true prophet. Those are so helpful, Jan. Thank you for, for adding to that. It is so meaningful to go back and look at the stories from the Old Testament and to see how God was active and how God's Spirit, how the Holy Spirit was moving people in some uncomfortable directions, in some uncomfortable situations then. And then to look at our own time, our own lives, our own places, and know that God's Holy Spirit is still 
active and alive, speaking into us, indwelling in us, Mm -hmm. which is just an incredible gift, but also through this communal experience of prophets. So God has not um, lost the opportunity to do that. And we have not lost the opportunity to really evaluate whether prophets are true or false. So I or have, the need for prophets. Or yeah. the need for prophets, right. yeah. yes. Which seems, as you said, very ancient and removed from our daily lives. Yeah. I don't think we have to look for wild-eyed people living in the, in the wilderness. Prophets can come in any shape, size, mm-hmm. age, um, or location. So I have a, a question for reflection okay. to end with today. Okay. And that is for everyone to, to think about who the prophets are in our lives, mm. who teach and reveal God's Word. Who are the people who point us to God? Who are they and how can we respond to the fullness of the message that they are providing? Those are um, great things to think about. And I I can't thank you enough, Laura, for coming today and just illuminating this sort of uh, topic that I've never spent very much time thinking about, but clearly is a huge part of our um, Christian heritage, this prophet and, and speaking through God and that they're still around today. So thank you for coming today. And thank you for this uh, wisdom that you've shared with us. We really appreciate it. And until next time.